All right, all you future podcasters out there, let me tell you about something you need to be aware of. I've been looking for different platforms to put my podcast into, and it's kind of confusing. There's a lot out there, a lot of them that charge you, but I found something that you need to hear. There's a platform called Anchor. Now, you need to understand, this one is free. There's no monthly fees, no yearly fees, no fees of any sort, no sign-up fees. It is free. Now, the best thing about it is that it's free and it comes with so many different tools. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, then one of the other neatest things is that Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. All you do is upload your podcast. Anchor handles all the rest. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. First podcast you put up, you can start making money. Now, it's everything you need to have in one place to make a podcast. So, pay attention to this part. It's very important. Go to anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M or download the free Anchor app to get started. studies in the Higher Ground King James Version Bible study, we are occasionally going to offer a select reading of Christian treasures published before the year 1900. These treasures are articles that many have never read, at least in our time, and we were going to see how the Christian life applied from that time to this time. Our first article comes to us from the American Messenger, published somewhere around the year 1879. The article is entitled, Can We Make Religion Popular? What can we do to render the church more attractive to our young people? said my neighbor, Mrs. Smith, as we walked home from our weekly prayer meeting. Our churches seemed to me too severe in their standards, and Christians frowned too darkly upon the innocent recreations of youth. Such was the avowal of this professing Christian mother, who had just arrived at that point when so many fond mothers become bewildered between the claims of society and the restraints of religion. Her daughters had enrolled their names among the followers of Christ, but now the season of gaiety was at its height, and the allurements of society were strong, and the bright, attractive girls were drifting in its current. The night was the occasion of a brilliant party, 
and her daughters had been detained from prayer meeting and preparations to attend. Mrs. Smith was making the hopeless attempt to live a sufficiently religious life to be safe and a sufficiently worldly one to secure all the pleasures of society for her family. Upon most subjects we harmonize, but upon this one my friend has of late manifested irritability. She continued, My young people are full of youthful enthusiasm, and I cannot bring myself to restrain them from the pleasures of society and to place upon them a stern, puritanical religious yoke because they are members of the church. I would rather seem, see them exemplify the fact that religion is a happy thing, and that they may carry their religion anywhere, doing good by their smiles rather than harm by a stern, repellent, canting piety. We must make our religion more attractive to our young people, instead of repelling them by harsh, narrow views of these things. We were at her door, and taking leave of her, I strolled, strolled on, meditating upon her words. God says, Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Is not this what my friend is trying to do? Is the church to come down to conform to the requisitions of the world? Are its members to respect the amenities of society above the honor of their Lord and Master? What is the matter when professing Christians feel and talk in this way? Christ is the head of the church. The devil is the god of this world. Christ's true children, bought with his precious blood, owe him all that they have and are. A life of consecration to God's service is only the natural, reasonable service of one who owes so much. Our Lord and Master was despised and rejected of men. And shall the disciple be above his master or the servant above his Lord? Christian life is represented in his words as a constant, a struggle. We are to fight, and he furnishes the armor we are to bear the cross and look for victory and a crown beyond. What a sad misapprehension must exist in the mind when this question finds utterance. What can we do to make religion attractive to our young church members? Rather, let us ponder what can be done to raise the tone of individual piety and consecration to our Master's service, so that parents and children shall delight to honor Him and glorify Him in their bodies and spirits which are His. As I repassed my friend's house on my homeward way, carriages were in waiting, and gay figures in evening toilets were passing out. The merry voices echoed, and the lovely faces beamed upon me for an instant. And as they whirled off to the scene of gaiety, my heart was saying, Tangled in the net of worldly conformity, which a fond mother's hand has spread and I thought of the young man who turned and went away from the Savior sorrowful, because he could not bring himself to see all and come and follow Christ. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple.